your host on India Booked, a podcast where we lean into the idea of India through its literature and we speak to authors who bring this to life. There are places I'll remember all my life. Some have changed, some forever, not for the better. Some have gone and some remain. All these places have their moments with lovers and friends I still can recall. Some are dead and some are living. In my life, I have loved them. How many times do we learn about India through the eyes of people who keep the wheels of our logistics churning? Raja Tubhaikar's debut novel, Truck Day India, is a hitchhiker's guide to Hindustan. Tune in to this episode to learn about what goes into the Indian highway economy, from prostitutes to AIDS to truck arts to manufacturing to learning about the different communities and rituals that truckers use to celebrate being part of their milieu and the challenges that this community faces. India Booked is a podcast where we lean in to the idea of India through its literature and what better lens to learn than through our truck drivers who are responsible for every product we consume as they snake through our highways in the dead of the night. Welcome to the show, Rajat. Thank you so much, Ayushi, for having me. I have to share with our listeners today that... um, while there are multiple facets of India that we talk about from a cultural lens, you know, whether it's uh, our food habits or our uh, how we dress or religion and communal ceremonies, we often ignore a very uh, strong part of India's narrative, which is India's nomads and India's logistics economy. So Rajat, Today, uh, we're really going to explore, uh, you know, what this has been like and help our listeners understand uh, about the hidden lives of Indian truckers, if I may call them that. Uh, Before I start bombarding you with questions, I am uh, happy to give a little intro. Uh, Rajat, uh, for uh, those of you who are hearing about him for the first time, went to IIT Kanpur. Uh, worked in consulting and then moved to journalism full-time and studied at the Asian College of Journalism. He also has been uh, a business writer with Outlook for a while. Uh, and and this is the first question that I have for you, Rajat. How did you go about uh, from the world of business and the kind of work and, you know, a very typical life in Mumbai to actually writing a book. So I was curious to explore the highway economy of India. I mean, highways constitute a separate uh, zone of existence in India. I mean, for most of us, it is something in which we are just passing wayfarers. But uh, there are so many people who call it home. So uh, what is the kind of economy that serves this particular class of people? So that was the uh, one of the mot- basic motivations which... Uh, led me to go on this journey. So uh, when I was with uh, Outlook at that time, I approached my editor one fine day. I told her, ma'am, I want to quit this job because I want to go on this uh, three, four month uh, journey with truckers. I really wanted to do this. And uh, it had been on my mind since I was in uh, college. So uh, I really wanted to do it. And I thought early 20s was when I, I can do it. 
and that i should so uh, my editor very wisely told me that you should uh, probably write a six part series of articles for us why don't you just go on this journey while being on the payroll so that came as quite a bit of a surprise and uh, yeah that's how the uh, journey commenced and i was able to write this book so for those who don't know right what is the highway economy truckers operate in uh, this zone where they encounter a bunch of things for example you of course have the dhabas catering to a wide variety of uh, cuisines like bengali truckers have their own uh, taste uh, in northeast you go there are different uh, types of uh, dhabas called manipuri rice dhabas so the dhaba is one of these and then of course you have the sort of cat and mouse game that is played between truckers and the rto officials there are there are toll nakas so rto officials are constantly on the lookout to make make some make a quick buck out of truckers and they have to face this uh, quite a bit and apart from that there are motor garages uh, there are uh, of course petrol pumps so all these things constitute uh, the highway economy and there were so many stories which uh, are hidden there so also for example there are there's a thriving business of prostitution that occurs on indian highways catering to truckers so yeah all this i suppose constitutes uh, what i call the highway economy and also uh, rajat if i'm not wrong about this and you mentioned this in the book that india actually has a very high logistic uh, gdp yes uh, or a high logistics cost per gdp something to the tune of yes, 13% yes. so what does it actually mean the cost of transporting goods from one place to another is extremely high compared to other nations so the costs that are incurred in between include uh, say the extremely low number of kilometers that a trucker is able to cover in india because of because of the poor condition of trucks be it constantly being stopped by uh, rt officials inefficient state borders so firstly the goods take a lot of time to get through and on top of that uh, they are constantly penalized for say overloading trucks or for no reason whatsoever so all these costs add up and uh, ultimately this is reflected in the final price that we pay as consumers so that is what the cost of logistics so now from the economics of trucking to uh, trucking in the bollywood imagination yeah. uh, from a very young age all i remember in bollywood movies is that the hero and the heroine would get isolated on some highway and would magically get picked up uh, by a truck driver yeah. and you know they would be sitting with like vegetables or other uh, uh, you know people on the road and and at this typical romantic imagination of the truck in in, in bollywood yeah. cinema right how does this play out in the real world and uh, and what is the fascination there so in addition to what you said no another very popular use of trucks in bollywood is when they crush someone who is you know inconvenient to the hero or they will have these salias poking out of their back and which will be used to kill someone so that is also another another very uh, popular trope as far as trucks are concerned whenever if someone needs to be assassinated in a sort of unobtrusive way which does not draw attention then of course you will be using a truck so that is also another function of uh, trucks and truckers in bollywood and of course the one big movie in which we actually had a truck driver protagonist uh, was gadar that is probably the only movie of 
in which only blockbuster in which you had a truck driver protagonist but yeah coming to the reality uh, their lives are extremely hard uh, we i mean i was on the road for 6 months and uh, i really cannot fathom how someone can lead that life day in and day out because they run on extremely uh, low amounts of sleep they barely sleep 2 3 hours a day i mean every trucker encountered had some degree of uh, sleep deprivation and uh, of course the sort of facilities are non existent on indian highways like abroad for instance truckers have these places where they can park their trucks they have some dormitories also where truckers can catch some sleep of course in india there are neither any toilet facilities nor any uh, dormitories for them to lead a dignified life basically so yeah i mean the reality is quite uh, grim and that is the reason why not many young people want to get into trucking they realize that not only is the job strenuous uh, but it also poses a constant risk to life i mean indian highways are of course the most deadliest in the world in terms of the casualty rate so not only is it strenuous it does not get you enough respect and it is also likely to get you killed it actually very heartbreaking you know now you know when you think of this and and the problem is and i am saying this for myself and i think this holds true for a lot of us we never even think of truckers as people yeah. right we think of them as these anonymous uh, irritants on the road if i may call yes. them that who pass through our cities in the dead of the night um and and are only relevant to us you know when suddenly we have a supply crunch till and even then we don't think of truckers as people there is a anonymization uh, to somebody in this profession uh, how much do you think that is influenced by the nature of indian society and how we stigmatize uh, certain positions and uh, occupations that's a very interesting question because uh, yeah the nature of indian society has a lot to do with our uh, perception of uh, truckers uh, to just uh, give you another example uh, the perception of truckers in the usa for example is very different because usa had a sort of frontier mindset because they were constantly expanding westward so this sort of wild wild west uh, culture which is uh, ingrained in their mindset in many ways leads to the romanticization of the life of a trucker and uh, of course their lives are also not easy but in the social sense they are uh, they, uh, they are given much more respect but whereas in india there is a lot of stigmatization which i think essentially derives from uh, a sort of uh, contempt settled society has for any sort of nomadic life people who lead any sort of nomadic lifestyle a uh, settled society harbors a suspicion and uh, also i think it's a kind of jealousy <laughs> because while you are stuck in uh, one place you know leading your life day in and day out they are uh, on the move they get to see new things but at the same time it's suspicion because this guy is here one day not here one the next so he might just steal something it's very very deeply ingrained uh, in our society so uh, that is a big reason for why we stigmatize this whole hmm. stigma around trucking is and you know the whole um, settled life versus nomadic life also comes into uh, uh, you know the light when we discuss interpersonal relationships right because truckers belong nowhere they don't really have a community around them and um, their relationships uh, with people are very fleeting yeah. and very transactional how does that impact them psychologically in your book you me- mentioned about deities and gods that truckers mm-hmm. pray to uh, so could you tell us a little bit about this whole psychological aspect and 
and and almost like a very indian way of dealing with this which is maybe religion yeah. uh, so as far as like, like you said they don't identify with uh, each other even as trucker so there, there is no sort of class solidarity at all but at the same time there is a certain level of community level solidarity so the truckers usually congregate i mean they hang out with people from their own state or from their own caste or from their own village because india as a subcontinent there is a lot of trust deficit in general in india you do not know whether you can trust the person you meet especially in a setting like a highway where as you know it is rife with danger i mean anything can happen there can be highway robberies so that because of the low levels of trust they tend to uh, hang out with uh, someone they trust yeah, even in uh, the dhabas for instance uh, serve that same purpose dhabas are not some place where you just go to eat food usually you know that the dhaba owner belongs to your own village he is also a sikh or like he is also a rajasthani then you go hang out there you you sleep you park your truck there you catch some sleep because you you trust the dhaba owner to keep you and your truck safe so it's also a matter of security so that is apart from that yeah the self perception and the psychological impact of this is uh, they have a self perception of being a marginalized people so for instance in udaipur one uh, trucker used a very interesting phrase of sentisvi uh, jat Oh, that was quite intriguing for me so they said that we are the sentis we got and uh, the transporters are the ones who uh, sort of breed us animals so they almost considered like, at least that particular trucker almost considered himself like an animal on the loose uh, on which society is constantly uh, doubting and treating with hostility uh, so this sentis we got also derives from uh, Uh, the particular rajasthani social context of chatis uh, rajkul so the, the basically respectable society so we are outside respectable society that was the self perception and uh, yeah i mean they have low levels of self esteem in general as a trucker and they are constantly like many of them especially in the south are looking to move to other avenues like say driving buses which is much more respectable because it gives you decent regular salary gives you some benefits under the state government so yeah they suffer from low self esteem and uh, their self perception is also one of being a marginalized so raj i think part of your research you know before you started you went and you spoke to truckers at vadala and um at yes. how much of the journey of you know what you thought you will go through was in line with the expectations you had i'm sure you preempted it will be difficult dusty yeah. hot you know uh, things like that but how different was it you know what you thought and what eventually happened i thought it would be a huge challenge to uh, you know find someone who will take me on for no reason whatsoever right i mean i'm just a stranger so i expected like bigger challenge doing that i mean actually hitchhiking but uh, on that count i was very pleasantly surprised because uh, most of them were quite happy to take me on uh, maybe because they derived some sort of companionship i mean there there is a lonely job right i guess that may have played a factor but that did surprise me would take me some 15 20 minutes usually to uh, find someone who was ready to take apart from that uh, yeah i was i was not ready for the level of uh, generosity and hospitality which they showed towards me i think that may have derived i think it did derive from me being from a separate uh, sort of privileged background right i mean they can also see that and that is also ingrained in indian society right i mean you kick someone who is below you and whoever you perceive as being above you in some ways you be nice to them that may have uh, uh, played a factor but i was definitely surprised and um, this whole position of privilege of course 
the hospitality is uh, is something which is very interesting because what i hear from you is that it came from a place of innate hmm. goodness and being warm at heart but also came from a place of obviously being lonely hmm. on the road or seeing that this person is a privileged person from a upper class society yeah. right um, the kind of people they don't encounter or the kind of people who uh, relegate them to the shadows yeah. if i may call it that so how and and this is very fascinating for me one of the most fascinating aspects of the book was that you write without being condescending or you don't write from the uh, point of view of a privileged person and you don't impose yourself into the narrative how does one go about writing a part of the society which one has been trained to see as invisible and not right from a place of being overly sympathetic and altruistic mm. and uh, you know tone deaf but at the same time being authentic about their stories and their that's stories. a great question because uh, i made a very conscious effort to not make this book about myself i mean my story and my life i mean it's so ordinary compared to i mean it's nothing i mean i, I did not want to get into that and uh, as a narrator also i wanted to ingrain myself uh, intervene in the narrative as little as possible uh, only in uh, some places where i felt that uh, the journey was taking a particular uh, mode because of me i mean because of the choices i made only there i would sort of intervene as a narrator uh, but uh, apart from that one of my aims of writing this book was to humanize their life and uh, how i went about it it's, i can't i mean i really like them as people and uh, um, i knew that being condescending i i was genuinely not condescending with them while i was hanging out with them and chatting with them i just wanted to get to know them as people so i guess that reflected in the writing i mean i did not make any i can't say i can't explain how i did it in many ways but uh, yeah i'm glad that came through because uh, my goal was to humanize these utterly dehumanized people in the popular narrative so i have to ask you this you know um, one of the things do which i have always been very fascinated about trucking is is that is everything that's on the truck right horn okay please and dekho magar pyar yeah. se and um, all of those nazar na lagne wala statements that typically go up on a truck right it's full of art it's full of you know like you will typically be driving on the highway and you will chuckle or note what's written yeah. on a truck it is something we all have done subconscious uh you have to tell me about some of your favorite road signs favorite road art that you came across i mean uh, often these signs i mean just to give you a background these signs are often uh, of the idea belong is from the drivers themselves so they have a lot of uh, their personal experiences are reflected in these signs you know so uh, one of the drivers uh, in kashmir his truck said take poison but not believe on girl because his wife had apparently run away with another guy so he was really traumatized by that experience and uh, that sort of got reflected on uh, his uh, truck so often you find uh, these things also reflected apart from that i mean one of the my favorite I mean, it was sort of poetic and it captured the uh, life of a truck and a trucker very well malik ki gaadi driver ka pasina chalti hai sadkon par bankar hasina I mean, that symbolizes <laughs> the life of a trucker and 
yeah he does not own the vehicle <laughs> he's just uh, another nobody with very little money so yeah this was this was one of my favorite apart from that there was a by usually i was uh, i didn't note many of them down because there were so many of them but uh, yeah that is one of the it relieves the boredom and uh, the heat and the dust of uh, indian highways definitely the sight of these things also for you know all of these truck body arts etc like your experience at sirind yeah, for instance yeah. right like you speak about um, so you know almost like a assembly line sort of setup that's in place um, how different was this universe from what you thought uh, this would be and what is this universe for people listening and yeah. you know who are yet to read so i mean not many people think about it and not many people know that every truck is literally a handmade uh, vehicle i mean the manufacturer only provides the chassis and the entire body is constructed by a group of uh, specialized artisans they're specialized in the sense that there are around 10 to 15 specialties in this so they operate in this sort of loose assembly line and they go on with their job i mean so one of them will be an expert at building the body one of them will be a welder one of them will be the painter another will be a radium tape expert which goes into the cabin there will be uh, of course many who are specialized in cutting the al- aluminum sheets and putting them. so there are various specialties and that's how the entire body is made it takes around uh, one month for an entire truck to be built uh, so yeah it's quite a labor heavy labor intensive job and these art these uh, truck art centers there are many of them uh, some of the popular ones are in uh, sirhind uh, in the south there is namakkal in rajasthan there is uh, nagore uh, in uh, also vijayawada is quite popular so the truck drivers know i mean and also uh, the kind of truck you want to build the body you want so you go to that particular place for example kashmiri truckers will all come to sirhind because the truck bodybuilders over there are very well versed uh, in the sort of trucks kashmiris want so there's some regional specialization also at work there uh, and this whole environment is yeah you have to be there you can't hear yourself think many times because it is extremely loud there's activity everywhere it's like a beehive of activity and uh, all of the artisans are at work many of them for example in punjab i went almost all of them were from bihar uh, only a, hardly a couple of uh, locals were engaged in it so you also see the kind of migrant labor that is driving india's economy everywhere and that has become especially apparent after covid so uh, yeah it's a very interesting space i hung out there for a couple of days just talking to all the artisans figuring out how a truck is made and it was one of the most interesting and revealing experiences in this entire journey you know rajat i am so jealous of you <laughs> i know <laughs> one is uh, supposed to be all like courteous and nice to people they are hosting on their podcast but i genuinely am so fascinated and jealous of this journey that you've undertaken um and then part of it of course for me comes from the fact that i'm a woman yeah. right? and sylvia plath i think she said this really well she said that her consuming desire was you know to mingle with uh, people on the roads mm-hmm. sailors uh, people in the bar room to be part of an a scene anonymously 
um but it that never happens because as a girl you're always supposedly in this whole danger of being assaulted yeah and and you know you you're a body first and a person second so you you never really travel where you want or walk freely alone yeah. at night which is something that as a man be able to inject yourself anonymously despite your privilege was comparatively absolutely easy, right? absolutely i mean the public sphere is uh, denied to women in uh, so many ways in india and uh, nowhere is that as apparent as on indian highways i mean that is a masculine world like no other uh, when i was uh, traveling in north india i was literally i mean i was like when will i get to see a woman <laughs> i'm so tired of looking at all these grimy men everywhere i see uh, yeah i mean it definitely is uh, a challenge at the same time i think uh, women have certain spaces which men do not have access to uh, say the world of dance bars or uh, say the world of prostitution for example i could not write about the women who were involved in this journey because the fact that i was a man but yeah in general women face uh, substantial substantially more constraints and they have to be much more courageous than a man to act to undertake something yeah i think one of the stand out anecdotes from the book and i think a couple of other reviewers have also mentioned this is that incident where this woman pulls out a gun yeah i think i think that that is something that like anybody who's read the book will be struck by yeah. i want you to speak a little bit about since we spoke about prostitution you know i want you to speak a little bit about the whole aids hmm. epidemic in the 90s in the light of truck drivers ha huh? because sexually transmitted disease in the trucking community is also something that's viewed very suspiciously yeah, yeah. and and it's somehow become an integrated part of the uh, many problems that face the trucking community so uh, in the 90s and early 2000s aids was a big public health concern in india i mean we don't realize that as much because we have uh, very successful in containing it uh, so at that time the officials zeroed in on truckers as uh, cross country carriers of uh, this virus as a high risk group so uh, there were a lot of efforts uh, by the national aid controls organization to uh, educate truckers about uh, safe sex about uh, how not to uh, about of course aids itself i mean as a disease how deadly it can be and their efforts clearly have been successful because uh, among the truckers i met there was a high level of awareness of aids many of them had seen their fellow truckers die of aids one of them described uh, the final days of a, a aids patient as he looked like a chusa hua aam it's a they they were aware of how horrible the disease is how it can take away one's uh, life spirit and but at the same time there were some young truckers there is always some level of bravado that you know i don't like using a condom it takes away all the pleasure there i also got some uh, responses to that effect from uh, some of the younger truckers also called khalasis who are apprentices to the ustad there was that also but uh, yeah aids no, no longer is a big concern but of course we cannot remain complacent uh, because uh, if we moment we become complacent it it uh, tends to uh, escalate again that's actually a very interesting uh, point of view and and these things get missed out you know in mainstream media so often um, genuinely right you know when and of course when you must have tried to research about this you found nothing yeah. today also you know there is next to no literature around some of these things and very little in public 
uh, imagination or the public yeah, media. I mean, it's very sad actually. Uh, one last thing before you know we get, sort of uh, get into a comparatively lighter section is is this question sure. that I have. How India changes? You from like Bhivani to a Kohima to a Kashmir, yeah. you know, uh, this whole the entire length and breadth of the country that you went through. What really struck you about this regional um, disparities, if I can call it, or just the absolute crazy geographic diversity of this country? Yeah, I mean, uh, several things struck me. In Rajasthan, there was a sandstorm, so that literally struck me, <laughs> and. Uh, uh, of course, as you go to uh, Punjab, uh, the food is amazing, uh, sort of uh, fertile uh, plains and fields everywhere. That is uh, very quite drastic, actually. Once you move from Rajasthan to Haryana, it suddenly changes quite a bit. From a very dreary sort of mountainous uh, Aravali landscape, you move to uh, very placid plains. So after that, of course, Kashmir is another world altogether. Uh, I visited in 2015 uh, and at that time, uh, Kashmir was uh, much more peaceful than it is now. So at, actually, it was the most peaceful it has been in like the last decade. I was lucky to visit it then. It's an entirely different world. You know? I mean, when I went there, I uh, mistakenly said uh, to uh, one of the shopkeepers, Ki Dhanyavad. Okay, so he corrected me. No, it's Shukriya. It's not Dhanyavad. That's very interesting. I'm actually so glad for these stories, you know. I mean, we never even think of these things, right? Like, they are so far away from the conversations that we have sitting in our living rooms in Mumbai, Delhi, Bangalore, which is the kind of uh, India that we don't often discuss. And and kudos to you for actually, you know, pulling this narrative, Rajat, because... uh, I'm sure if you hadn't written this book for many, many years, nobody else would have written this book, right? It's such a underplayed uh, part of our world, the kind of extortion and corruption that exists in our high economy, the kind of culture that exists as, you know, the subculture that exists in this, in the trucker system and the whole informal sector of India. And let's face it, like the informal sector of India of trucking actually supports the formal sector of India. Because otherwise, none of us were going to be sitting in our houses eating processed yeah, food. Rajat, I quickly want to do, a, uh, you know, one of these fun things where I want you to just like, give me a choice out of the top of your head, okay? I'm going to give you a few options and you just tell me uh, what you will pick sure. and why. So, should yes, I start? Please. Is this good? So, rice and fish or dal bati churma? Rice and fish. Because I've grown up eating that. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Sirind or Namagal? Ah, uh, Sirind. Writing or reading? Uh, reading because it's so much more easier and like so much more fun. Ebooks or paperback? Ah, uh, paperback. Journalism or being a full-time author? Full-time writing would be amazing when I can do it. Okay, my last question is: What's your favorite memory of India? Whether it's growing up or as a student or as a working professional. What from your personal life do you think really resonates with you about the nation that we've all grown in? So personal memory-wise, no, one of my most enduring memories, one of the best trips I took in life was to Uttarakhand in uh, to Joshimath, this particular this very small town in Uttarakhand. I mean, I went there as a college student with. Uh, you know, stars in his eyes. I mean, I thought hey, the whole world was my oyster. Anything was possible. And sometimes whenever I feel like, you know, a wave of self-doubt 
cross over me i go back to that moment when anything seemed possible and india also in its absolute gorgeous beauty was uh, i mean that memory rests in my mind because the mountains in joshi mat they would change color throughout the day like in the afternoon there would be one color the evening one color in the morning another color and i mean it seems almost surreal and magical in my mind now so yeah that is definitely one memory i go back so before we wrap up rajat one last question what's a book recommendation that you would like uh, to give to the listeners to get to know india better i would if i mean because my book is also about the informal economy in way right and it is i mean so little is written about it i would recommend a free man by aman sethi which is about the life of laborers in delhi and he has etched their characters and their personalities like sketched it so well i mean it's one of my absolute favorites uh, about informal india and i would highly recommend it to all readers thank you so much this has been a great episode and i've learned more than i could have ever imagined uh, and thank you so much rajat for your time uh, everyone who's listening to the show please don't forget to read truck the india it's available on amazon in bookstores it's an absolutely fascinating journey of rajat but also of this community that india's forgotten tune into us on spotify google podcasts apple podcasts gana and hd smartcast <laughs> <laughs>